Blitz Period is a production of BNM Media and brought to you by Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz Period. And today there's quite a bit to get into. Uh, many of you follow me on Instagram know that I was gone this week. I was away from my phone, didn't have my phone anywhere near me until yesterday afternoon. So I missed a lot of stuff, missed a schedule release, missed Jordy Ball, missed Derek LeBlanc. So we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about that because I know a few of you have asked for my thoughts. So, um, Let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hopefully this episode won't be super long, but um, just real quick. So with the Jordy Ball thing, uh, so I, we first people's first start hearing stuff about that uh, around Sunday and uh, I went live Sunday night and of course, there were some people talking about it uh, in the live video. Now, a lot of the talk was that she was going to announce that she was transferring on Monday, which I believe she did. Um, and of course, I wasn't able to cover or post anything about it because I wasn't near my phone. But uh, yeah, Jordy Ball transfers to Nebraska. Now, the thing with that, I think, is that Jordy really... I think to the outsider, it looks like Jordy transferred because, you know, maybe they think something's going on at OU or whatever. But Jordy Ball's reason for leaving has nothing to do with Patty Gasso. It has nothing to do with uh, the team or culture being toxic or anything stupid like that. Jordy actually said in her statement of announcing that she was transferring that it was time to get back to being Jordy Ball, the person, more importantly. And uh, I think a big key that people started to pick up on before she really announced anything was uh, she was on a podcast last week. I can't remember who, whose podcast it was, but she was on someone's podcast talking about how she just didn't really feel like herself at some point. Um, and I believe it was before the season when she said that this took place, but she just did not feel like herself. She was dealing with a lot of mental stuff, being away from her family, being away from home, while also being here going against the best hitters in the country and practice going against the best players every day. She just, it took a lot, it took a mental toll on her now. Anyone who's paid attention knows that like athletes and their mental health, it's been a big deal for the last few years. And it's a big deal for everyone, not just athletes, but a lot of athletes have started to come forward about it. They've started to talk about it more. They've, they've become more vulnerable and open about it over the last few years. And Jordy was straight up about it in her uh, statement to leave. So she just she she wanted to go back home, be closer to her family, be closer to her her boyfriend. Her uh, I think it was also some like her horses or whatever. I don't know. That was something that was out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's from Nebraska, grew up there, family's there, of course. So it was just a homesick case. And I mean, it, it, it makes sense for Jordy. It's probably, it's definitely the best decision for her personally. Now, for people who don't pay attention to or people who are not OU fans might think that this thing is just falling apart because they lost Jordy Ball. And don't get me wrong, Jordy Ball is a loss. I mean, she's one of the best players in the country. Like, we're not going to act like it's not a loss. But you talk about programs that don't rebuild but reload. That is OU. And, I mean, you lost you lost the best hitter in the country last year in Jocelyn Allo, and you had a better team the, year, the next year. So... 
uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, of course, like I said, this team is going to miss Jordy without question, but I don't really think that they take a huge drop because of that. But of course, we're going to miss her. I mean, there's no doubt about that. She she was outstanding in the World Series, and there's no question about that. But uh, all the best to her. Now, jumping into this transfer portal, transfer portal. Good lord, uh, SEC schedule stuff. Now, the SEC schedule was released on Wednesday night, as most of you know, and uh, it is as follows. So Oklahoma is going to have Alabama at home uh, in 2024. It'll be their first conference game. Of course, non-conference is still like to be determined. Well, I think it is. I mean, I know. I think I saw Temple on the schedule. I think there's one non-conference game that they're like really waiting on. If I'm correct, I don't really know for sure. But um, uh, SEC opponents are as follows: Alabama at home, South Carolina, Tennessee uh, at home. Then, of course, Texas will be a home game for the Sooners, uh, and then. Or will be a home game, but in Dallas, obviously. And then on the road, they'll travel to Auburn or travel to LSU. They'll travel to Ole Miss in Missouri. So um, you read the schedule and you start to say there's two sectors. There's a sector of the fan base that says, holy crap, we shouldn't have done this. This is going to be the worst decision we've made in the past 20 years. And then there's a sector of the fan base that says, bring it on, let's go, we're Oklahoma, we don't care. So, here's the deal. Now, with Alabama, like, um, pretty sure this will be Nick Saban's first time coaching in Norman, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because LSU, in the times that Nick Saban has coached against OU, it's always been a neutral site game. So I don't think he's ever coached a game in Norman. So that would be a first time because we know he's not retiring anytime soon. So uh, that'll be a first South Carolina. Shane Beamer is coming back to Norman. That'll be awesome. And, you know, Spencer Rattler with like his eighth year of eligibility, uh, Tennessee coming to town, Josh Heupel coming back to Norman for the first time since he got fired as the OC. That'll be a storyline for the ages without question. That's what I think that would actually make it 10 years since he last coached in Norman. So that would, that'll be a storyline for sure. And then traveling to Auburn, uh, that'll be fun. I mean, it doesn't really scare me, but like, I don't know what Hugh Freeze is going to put together with them this year. Uh, LSU, I mean, yeah, that's 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 a bit of a shake in your boots. I mean, you're traveling to Baton Rouge. That's probably a night game, like if we're being correct, because the SEC is the SEC. They don't they don't mess with that eleven o'clock stuff. They do, but if it's an eleven o'clock game, in the SEC, you're more than likely playing a Bucci. So uh, that's probably like a night game waiting to happen in Baton Rouge, and that is scary. Uh, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is fun. Like Ole Miss is a game I want to go to because I want to go to Oxford. I want to go to the Grove. I want to go to Oxford. I've heard that like they have this chicken on a stick or something like that that they serve or sell at these gas stations, but they're in Mississippi. So I know they have the gas stations that like sell all types of food and stuff. So I would love a trip to Oxford. Like if, if you're in, I'm in, let's do it. Let's make the effort to go to Oxford. And thankfully that'll be my, that'll actually be my freshman year of college. So yeah, let's make the trip. Uh, Missouri going to Missouri. That doesn't scare me at all. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I don't think Eli Drinkwitz will be the coach at that point because Mizzou's just not very good, and uh, it would not shock me one bit if he's not 
the head coach by the end of the season. Now, if he is and he's the head coach next year, again, that does not scare me one at all. So, um, yeah, now uh, Oklahoma is playing every opponent that George, I'm sorry, that Texas will not play. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. Texas is playing the opponents that Oklahoma will not play. So Texas will play Georgia. They'll play Kentucky. They'll play Florida. Florida. Um, they'll, and I think they play Georgia at, in Austin, actually. But um, here's the deal. I think that this schedule definitely makes you look at this season. It makes me look at this season with a different perspective and say, you better be on your P's and Q's this year because not that this season is the tell all, but it is the preview of what you're going to expect next year. Now, of course, you're going to have a different quarterback next year. And and that's the crazy thing, too. Like Jackson Arnold will take snaps this year because like I'm I'm positive that they're going to have a blowout at some point. I mean, Arkansas State, that's not like that's a game. Jackson Arnold probably comes into the third, fourth quarter. Um Tulsa, that's probably a game he comes in in the fourth quarter. Like Jackson Arnold will have a chance to play this year for sure. But to start and be the man in charge, this is his team going into the SEC. And for Jackson Arnold, like we know Jackson is a, he's a very poised, poised guy. He's 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 he, he loves to compete. But if you're a freshman quarterback, and it's your first time starting and your first game is against Alabama. I think you're now his first conference game is against Alabama. I think you're a little you're not worried, but you're a little. OK, let's take that. Back. You are worried. You might be you might be a little you might be a little shaky. Um, but again, I mean, this year, this year, look, this schedule for 2023 is too easy for this team not to win at least 10 games. I mean, I'm going to say that. Every year, I, I know I said a year ago that they should that they that they were going to go ten and two, and that's because you know we all kind of had these crimson colored glasses on, and it took it took a mess of a year for me to realize how much they had to go through. But this year, if this team doesn't win at least eight games, then I start to worry. Y'all know I love Brent Venables. Y'all know I will go to the ends of the earth for that coach and. I would hate to see him get fired. I'm not saying he's going to get fired if they don't win eight games, but if they do have another year like last year, I think you start to worry a little bit and you start to say, okay, this is, this might not work. Like what, what do we do now? And again, this year you end up 10 and two, like you're going to have a nice little preview. I say 10 and two, because I don't know how much I trust this team going into Provo, Utah against BYU. I don't know how much I trust this team going into Cincinnati. I don't know how much I trust this team against Texas. I mean, I know Dylan Gabriel didn't play last year, but you saw how that went a year ago. Like, yeah, Dylan Gabriel didn't play, but 49 to zero is not just the fault of your quarterback being out. Like you, I still don't think OU wins that game if he plays. They might compete, but they're not winning the game. Um, but Texas is not a game this year that's going to be a cakewalk. So, and that's the thing about Texas. Texas, we may, we laugh and we kiki and ha ha about them sucking sometimes, but they do always bring their best when they come to, when they when they play in Dallas. Like well, always, most of the time they bring their best. Both teams do, but Texas really mainly always brings their best when they come to Dallas. So that's not a game I think is just going to be a cakewalk. That'll be a that'll be a dogfight. Uh, but other than that, I mean, like, good. The good thing is you don't have a Kansas State this year. You don't have to go to Baylor. You don't have a, a, a Texas Tech. Like, you're not worried about those games anymore but when you look at a year ago you're like 
how did you lose to these teams? Like the Baylor loss we've talked about was because of just mental, mental stupidity, to be honest, because they, they did not do a great job defensively, messed up on a lot of assignments in that game. Um, Gave up a touchdown because you had two guys going in the same gap. Like, that's not how that's supposed to work. And so that's clearly like a sign of not knowing what you're doing. You lost the West Virginia game because of uh, just mistakes. I mean, you had drops, you had penalties, you had all types of things. Some some game management was not that great. Uh, I mean, you lost to Kansas State because your defense just was lost and made Adrian Martinez look like prime Mike Vick, like that's a crime against humanity. So you go into this year and you have a better defense on paper. You do because you look at you're returning an experienced Danny Stutzman who look, I mean, we, I know some people will rag on Danny Stutzman because of, uh, I mean, which is kind of crazy. Cause I know like everybody really loves him, but there is a section of people who also like to like to crap on him. But here's the thing: the guy, when I mean, the guy was was Big Twelve tack was had some of the what was it like the most tackles in the Big Twelve a year ago, I think. Um, and it was the same with David Aguebu, but he's no longer here. But like, you have an experienced Danny Stutzman going in his junior year. You have Sam McCullough coming in. Sam McCullough has been getting a number of accolades throughout this offseason. I mean, I've seen him on just about every uh, all-transfer portal team or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, you got Woody Washington's coming back for another year. You've had the transfers come in with DeJon Terry, who I think is going to be really big this year, uh, figuratively and literally. Uh, Reggie Pearson coming in makes an impact. Peyton Bowen, of course, is a guy I think can make an impact from the jump. Like, there's so many guys you can point to. Kobe McKenzie, Jaron Canick, like, I could go on and on and on, but at the end of the day, none of it means nothing if you go out and you have a season like you did last year. But again, I see no more than 10 wins and no less than eight this year. There's no excuse. I mean, this team is too talented to have another screw up. Offensively, you look at it, Dylan Gabriel is, I don't think he's going to take like this massive leap that uh, some people might expect. I think he might be around the same but a little bit better because he's got that chemistry developed with his guys. Um, and of course you've had some transfers too, but I mean like Jalil Farouk, we're all expecting him to be the man in the wide receiver room. LV Bunkley Shelton's made some noise from what's been said about him in the spring. Uh, you know, you bring in Jacquez Petaway, who's getting a, who's seems like a guy that may make an impact early on. Andrew Anthony, like there's a lot of names on the offensive side, but when you go into next season with this sec thing, you're talking about a team like Danny Stutzman. Say Danny Stutzman does want to stay for his senior year. Okay, so there you go. You've got your leader on defense. Kobe McKenzie's in the mix. Darren Canick's a junior at that point. Excuse me. Um, Peyton Bowen's a sophomore at that point. Uh, I mean, Billy Bowman's going to be gone this season without without a doubt i think he obviously is going to go to the draft but he would be a senior next year if he did stay just will be will still be around next season because that'll be his junior year so i mean you 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 look at this like it's too early for me to really make a prediction about how they do with that schedule because i haven't seen how they can do this year and again i i fully expect them to have a a, a, a of not a perfect i fully expect them to have a fine year this year like i don't think it's going to be just a train wreck like last year again your schedule is too 
quite frankly, easy for it to for it to suck. You shouldn't struggle with Tulsa. You shouldn't struggle with now again. Now I will say this: like UCF is one of those games that I look at and I and I say like it might be a game. Like I don't think it's going to be just like down to the wire, but I think they can get you. UCF is a, is a, is a good team, man. Like I think they can get you. Uh, now that game will be in Norman. Uh, they don't have to play Houston this year, but like I said, going up to Provo, Utah against BYU, that worries me a little bit. And that's a game that's going to be in November, so it's going to be cold. Probably a night game. Like that, that worries me a little bit. That raises my eyebrow. That's a game that seems like you go up there and you turn the ball over when you don't need to, and it just screws everything up. Um, Cincinnati, like I've said over and over, I don't know what kind of team Scott's or what kind of coach Scott Satterfield is because I didn't pay attention to Louisville. But and I, and I don't know what all happened to them. I don't know if they had this mass uh, exodus of people when Luke Fickle left. But whatever happened at Cincinnati, going up to Cincinnati, that's one of those games that may that may raise an eyebrow too, because that feels like Cincinnati feels like a game that's like an 11 a.m. kick on ABC that just so happens to be a game where both teams start slower. One team starts firing, and then the other team comes back and just wins it all. Like that seems like that kind of game. Uh, there's just, there's just so much that, that you really have to like, I want to get through camp first and all that, but there's so much that I looked at about this team this year. And it tells me there's no reason you should not have, you shouldn't be back in Arlington in in December. Like I, I, I do have high hopes for this team. I do have high expectations. I think they can compete for the big 12 championship this year. Like I, I do see that happening. I think it's very possible. I think it's very realistic. And I know people can say, well, how can you say that after winning six games last year? Look, we can't forget that towards the end of the season, yes, they did lose games they shouldn't have lost. I, I know that, and I will die on that hill. But they played better football towards the end of the year. I mean, defensively, I think I thought that defensively they looked better at the end of the year. They didn't look great. They didn't look just like elite, but they looked better than what they were early on. Which is funny considering like the Texas Tech game, they were awful, but they did look better. Um, I mean, man, look, it's as simple as this. Going into the SEC, you know what you're getting yourself into. You're stepping into a territory of football that's just different. Like, I know people can't stand the SEC bias, but it, it's there's a reason why it's there. It's the best conference in football. You want to compete with the best. I mean, there's no other better. There's no better place to do it than that. And starting your season off with Alabama, that's a big one because, I mean, we'll see how Bama does this year. I don't think they're going to win it all this year. Like, I, I don't expect that to happen. I'm pretty sure Georgia's just going to run through everybody again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this season really is just a t is not a tell all, but it's it's a, it's a nice little preview into what you're going to get when that time comes so look i mean look i'm one of those that's excited for this for this move like i think it's great as a fan because again it improves the competition it's it helps with recruiting the experience is going to be awesome like i said traveling to oxford mississippi traveling to baton rouge traveling to gainesville at some point in the future that stuff's going to be fun uh you go to play Vanderbilt, you get to go to nashville and party like that's going to be that's going to be fun times now, obviously, none of that is and none of that's great if you're not winning. But like on the tailgating subject, which I don't think I said the word, but still on the tailgating subject, I know that's something that they've been working through. Um, Joe Harris talked to 
SoonersGroup.com about, you know, the big deal that everyone wants Lindsay Street back. And I'm pretty sure everyone agrees with that, that that needs to happen. And especially going into the SEC, you want it to happen because you don't want these Alabama fans coming in or these Tennessee fans or these South Carolina fans coming in and, and trashing Norman and trashing, not trashing it literally, but saying like, dude, the experience there is garbage or the experience there is not worth it. They want to improve it. Okay. Like that, that seems to be the, the obvious thing here, Joe Harris, Joe Castiglione, Brent Venables, that turn of scene, they want tailgating to be better. But at the end of the day, I don't think that the decision's really up to them. I feel like this is with no knowledge. I feel like that's something that's up to people above them. Maybe the city of Norman controls uh, certain areas that they can be in. Maybe the universe. I don't know. I feel like that's something that's above them. But like they've talked about, they do want Lindsay Street to be the spot. And Brett Venable said this on Wednesday night uh, during the, the schedule release show that like he said, like every every grass, every patch of grass will have a cart, will have a vehicle on it. You know, he talks about how people he wants to see tailgating at its finest at home and on the road. And like I've told the story plenty of times on the old podcast that we had called Half a Hundred a year ago, we talked about this same subject. Uh, I've talked about how like OSU has it where, you know, you can tailgate literally directly across the street from the stadium. And all you got to do is just break down and walk right in. Like it's as easy as that right across from the gate to the stadium. I don't know if they want to take up because I know like right across the street from the stadium is where all the donors and the big money people park. But and I don't know if they want to take that up, but that's a good spot. Like, of course, Lindsay's a great spot uh, across from the Switzer Center. I know I've talked about, like, what if you made the South Oval some type of tailgating village, if you will. Again, how Ole Miss has the Grove. Make the South Oval like uh, the, um, the, the Stoopsville or Switzerland. I don't know. Do something with it. Do something fun with it. I mean, like, one of my favorite things about last year was... Um, was when the Walk of Champions, and if you don't know what that is, if you've never been to an OU game, the Walk of Champions is when they get off the bus and the fans are there screaming their heads off, high-fiving the players, the players walk into the stadium. What I liked about it was that they expanded it. So now it's like they get off the bus at Headington Hall and they actually have to take a walk into the stadium. So it's longer because it used to be where it was just the, the buses would pull up like really close to the doors of the Switzer Center and they would get off the buses and it was a pretty short walk. Now it's longer. Now it's better. Now it's more energetic. And I actually, I know that's how they used to do it too. Before they renovated the Switzer Center, that's how it used to be. Cause I remember it used to be that like they would get off the buses pretty far from the stadium. And they would actually walk, but they're bringing that back now. And like, tell me that wouldn't be better if you had tailgates set up next to it. That makes the energy just so much different. And uh, as the article on Soonerscoop.com read that the tailgating policies and all that stuff was on the agenda for the Board of Regents to discuss. And I'm pretty sure that the decision for that would come would come from them rather than uh, Joe Castiglione and, and President Harris. Uh, and like I said, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I know those two want this thing to be better. They want every patch of grass to be covered. They want people to be there. And Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Harris has talked about 
how he wants it on Lindsay. He's talked about how he wants them to be creative with it. He wants it to be the best possible experience for the fans. And that's all that they're focused on. And even Joe C has talked about it. Like everybody wants to talk about expanding the stadium and doing all that. But Joe has said, no, we don't want to do that yet. We will do that in the future. But right now we want to focus on experience. We want to focus on making game day the best experience for our fans so whether that is tailgating, whether that's new amenities in the stadium, whatever it may be, we want to do whatever we can to make the experience better. And the experience goes for the home and away team. Because again, you don't want Alabama coming in. You don't want Tennessee coming in. You don't want schools like Ole Miss and Florida coming in and saying like, really, this is what, this is what they do. This is what they get all hyped up about. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, look, man, it, it's going to be really fun just to see this transition come in. You're, you're about it. You're closing in on exactly a year away from the official move to the SEC. So it's going to be fun to track. I don't, I know that, like I said, I know there are people that are worried about it and I know there are people that are shaking in their boots, but personally I'm excited for it. Now I say that. And then if they go into next year and they get absolutely mollywhopped, then I'm going to be scared but right now. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this move. I think it's going to be great for this team. And I think it's going to be awesome for every single sport. So uh, I can't wait for this to happen. But I appreciate you guys tuning in today. If you did, if you listened all the way, thank you. Make sure you share the podcast, download it, subscribe to it, do all that great stuff. I think it's called subscribing. Maybe it's following, whatever it is. Make sure you follow the podcast. Follow the Blitz Period on Instagram. Uh, Also follow it on Twitter, but I need to get the password back for Twitter. Um, Anyway, make sure you do all that. Thank you guys once again for listening, and I will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to The Blitz Period with Jalen Ross, presented by BNM Media and Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter.